Animal Electrocutions, Topsy Goes Flopsy. I'm Joe Fulgham. Om. 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 I'm Torn Atkinson. Electric Eel versus the Cayman. Nobody wins. I'm Derek Mack. Science, history, pop culture, and current events. I'm Kevin Leeson, and this is Caustic Soda. Electricity. We gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. And, and then, then we'll take it higher. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Our special guest is Derek Mack. Hello, Derek. Hello. Mr. Mack. Why are you here? Why are you our resident expert in electricity? What are your bona fides? I have a healthy respect for electricity and an unreasonable fascination with it. As well you should. Yes, it is very interesting. But uh, mostly I've spent the better part of the last 10 years working with it in the entertainment industry. So it's been kind of my day-to-day. How many times were you shocked? By electricity, I mean. <laughs> not by, by, by electricity. Not yes. by listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Five times in my life. But okay. not necessarily while I've been at work. Did it smart? It tingles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you twitch uncontrollably or evacuate your urinary glands? No, thankfully I did not have any of those happen. Mm-hmm. Urinary glands. Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> He's not a scientist. I'm no doctor. I'm no scientist, but I think you have glands that produce urine. The word electric comes from the Greek electron, which means amber. Originally, the word describes substances which, like amber, attract other substances when rubbed. Uh, Meaning charged with electricity is from the 1670s, the physical force so-called because it was first generated by rubbing amber. So parts of my body are kind of like uh, electron then. I just like rubbing amber. (laughs) And the phobia is uh, electrophobia. Ele- yeah, that is correct. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, how does electricity work? In a basic sense, yes, that's what we, right. want. we want. The, the basic from the very version. from the very beginning, electricity is generated by electrons traveling from a positive to a negative. There's two different kinds of electricity. There's oh. AC and DC. DC is direct current, which means the uh, electricity travels continuously from point A to point B, from from the negative to the positive. Okay. And AC is an alternating current which means it travels back and forth equally in cycles back Mm. and forth across the connection between the two points. I I do know that there's different ways of describing the actual flow of electricity, right? So electricity is basically four elements. There's um, the potential, which is the voltage, which measures the difference between the electrical charge between the two bodies, so the positive and the negative. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then there's resistance, which is the limitation on the flow of electrical current. Then there's current itself, which is measured in amps, which is the rate of flow. And then there's wattage, or watts, which is the measurement of electrical power. What, which one of those measurements do you use to determine how lethal? What's the killing power? Isn't that the amps? Yes, the amps are typically what they're used to kill things. You can actually get a large amount of voltage, and it can hit your body, provided the amperage is low enough. Right. Because those two are inverse to each other as the amps goes down the voltage will go up so you can get things like cattle prods electric fences um tasers things like that i've certain high voltage but low amperage i've been tangled in an electric fence once when i was a young lad really yeah that is one of my five too okay tangled (laughs) tangled 
How young yeah, were just kind of caught. And was it on at the time, know, like or were you just pre-teen. freaking out that it was going to tell me about this? I, I, I honestly don't remember too much about it. Because you got zapped so hard? <laughs> That's right, because it zapped the memories from my brain. <laughs> but uh, electric fences, they're not on. There's not a constant charge. It's like zap, 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 oh, okay. zap. It's not like that? It is like that. Oh, it, it yeah. is zap, zap. It's not it's a not... straight zzzz. It's like, oh, ow, God, oh, ooh, oh. <laughs> There's lots of fun videos on YouTube of people touching electric fences willingly. So we've got uh, voltage, amperage, and resistance, right? And there's and wattage, and wattage, and there's a a direct relationship between those those first three. There's a mathematical formula you can use, which has got yeah. Do you want to go into the math? Okay, we'll go real. We'll go real simple. Like power is p. Uh, resistance is an R. The voltage or the um, electromagnetic force is E, and current is I. And all mm-hmm. those are represented in a little pie chart. And then you have little equation. The equations represent how you're going to calculate one versus the other. P, R, I, e. and E. Yeah. Uh-huh. So power, resistance, electromagnetic force, and current. I can spell ripe with those four letters. <laughs> Pyre. I can spell pyre. Pry. Like pry. I don't know if that's, that's not that's the proper way to spell Currents above 10 milliamps can paralyze or freeze muscles. We want to talk about that. I'm all for shock talk. Uh, when this freezing happens, a person is no longer able to release a tool, wire, or other object. Oh, so you... much like you see in the cartoons, you grab it, and then you just, and you just don't let go. There's videos so that's a real thing that happens. Some guy pulling his wire, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, if you can't let go of the tool, current continues through your body for a longer time, which can lead to respiratory paralysis. I'm guessing that means you stop breathing. Yes. Ooh, how many milliamps do you need for that? About 20 to 50 milliamps is required for paralysis of respiratory muscles. Oh, okay. wow. 20 to 50. And uh, when I touch a battery to my tongue, how many milliamps is that? Um, you're somewhere between one and three. One milliamp is generally imperceptible, but three to five milliamps, um, the average child can actually let go of the circuit. Okay. So most kids, being that they can stick their tongue to a 9 volt and feel it, right. but can let go of it, it's somewhere in that neighborhood. Right. That was my second experience repeatedly. Not uh, not electrocuted. That's very different than shock, getting shocked because electrocution actually infers death. Which one was it? We were shooting Dangerous City. Was that you that got shocked or was it Shira? It was Shira that got shocked. Yeah, she was hanging a lamp while we were shooting a short film and uh, she got shocked really good. But she's a tiny, tiny yeah, girl. Yeah, true. Her hair go all... <laughs> <laughs> well, her hair kind of like that anyway. That's true. <laughs> so it wasn't much of a change on that, but she... She looked at me with this wide-eyed look and went, I got to sit down. <laughs> yeah, I think her right arm was numb for about an hour and a half. Wow. She sat there flexing her her. <laughs> How many milliamps would that be? For pain, an average, Painful shock? Extremely for, painful shock. <laughs> it's mostly all kind of painful, but for the average woman, um, they can actually receive six to eight milliamps of right. current and actually still let go. Going on from there, the average man is about seven to nine. The uh, maximum amount of current that the average person can hold and still let go like absolute maximum is about 16 milliamps okay and past that is when you get into those you know situations where you can potentially kill yourself like we talked about the uh the process from respiratory is uh 20 to 50 50 to 300 is ventricular fibrillation mm-hmm. Ooh, flutter in the heart and then uh greater than uh two amp is asystole that's a flat line so you can literally just expire so that's 2000 milliamps what happens if you got 10 amps that's really, really damn high. 
I think you would pretty much stick to the wire. Yeah, you'd be fried, right? Yeah. Cardiac arrest, well, severe if, burns. If you manage to gr- get grounded at 10 amps, you'd end up with a burn. So, And we'll talk about burns. I could ask, there'll be some pictures on the website of people with burns. Do you know What's the difference between a macro shock and a micro shock? If I have a choice, I'm going to go with micro shock. Am I wrong? Well, my, our micro shocks, uh, they're typically on the surface of the skin, but a macro shock is something that goes through your body. Ah, there you go. Macro shock, current from arm to arm or between an arm and a foot is likely to traverse the heart. Therefore, it is much more dangerous than current between a leg and the ground. This type of shock, by definition, must pass into the body through the skin. Micro shock, the shock is required to be administered from inside the skin directly to the heart, i.e. a pacemaker lead or a guide wire conductive catheter, etc., connected to a source of current. This is largely theoretical hazard as modern devices used in these situations include protections against such currents. Macroshock means from outside your body into your body and then back out through another point, whereas microshock is from inside your body. To inside your body. To inside your body. Microshocks feel like they're on purpose. There's a reason behind it because it has to be very directed. Macroshock doesn't necessarily mean intentional Macroshock covers somebody putting a car battery to your nipples and i'm not a big fan of that so you've tried it i have no response to that question <laughs> you did say you were a fan or not so much i said not a fan yeah so approximately a thousand deaths per year are due to electrical injuries in the u.s with a mortality rate of three to five percent out of a thousand people who get shocked well there's a thousand deaths per year oh so that and means... that's three to five percent of, of electrical injuries so there are nineteen thousand people who get shocked that don't die Oh, you're good at math. Thirty-three thousand. Oh, you're not so well, good at math. Three, three to five percent. So I was going with the five. I was going with the high end. Oh, okay. Minimum, a minimum of nineteen thousand other people. So yeah, let's talk about uh, let's talk about injury. The spectrum uh, spectrum of electrical injury is very broad, ranging from minimal injury to severe multi-organ involvement with both occult and delayed complications. You've had occult injuries, haven't you? <laughs> is that when you get stabbed by a magic dagger? <laughs> Yeah. Pulls, somebody, out your, pulls somebody, out your soul. That's when you cast lightning, lightning bolt. bolt on your dagger and then stab someone in a cult ritual. It's an electrical nice. occult injury. Oh, uh-huh. Medically, occult means detectable only by microscopic examination or chemical analysis. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Damage due to current is through tissue heating. It is a relatively unknown fact that more electrical workers die from burns than from the electrical shock. Okay. In fact, only around 20% of deaths are the result of electrical shock. I've never actually been burned while being electrocuted. So how does it work with the grounding? Like, let's, let's, because you can hang off of uh, an electrical wire. Like, let's say. Like a high, let's, high let's, power. Yeah, let's say I'm, wire, yeah. I'm crazy and I go to the top of uh, electrical wire. And you're I hanging start, onto one. And I'm hanging onto one. But then let's say I touch another one. So what's happening there? That's where you're basically creating a fault. You're, you're closing a circuit. You're closing a circuit. You've become the switch. Okay. Yeah, and you've turned yourself on. I remember taking... <laughs> and, and, man, again, that sounds like one of those <laughs> things that sounds like it should be a good thing. It's most definitely <laughs> not a good thing. So then I'm going to get burns on the entry points on my two hands if I'm holding the, the hand wire with one hand and the other hand with the other, the other wire with the other hand? Generally, yes. Yeah, you'll burn yourself, particularly if you end up not being able to let go because right. there is a significant amount of heat that gets generated with electricity, right. particularly when it passes through something resistive like you. Yeah, I'm very resistive to electricity. (laughs) That's exactly what a resistor does, right? It turns that electrical energy into heat. Yeah, it takes the electrical energy and transfers it into mostly heat. Mm. And then for light bulbs, light. Electrical burns result from electric current flowing through tissue or bone. Uh, The type and voltage of the circuit, the pathway through the body, the duration and the resistance of the body will determine the severity of the damage. Who do you think is more resistant 
in this room, me or Kevin? <laughs> Which one of you is more dense? Oh, that's oh, cool. I'm super dense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ask, ask any of our listeners. <laughs> Are you suggesting that Torn's got more water in him then? That could well be. Uh-huh. Although I did just have a pee. <laughs> so let's just say that you're more resistant All right. to electricity. Okay. A key characteristic of electrical burns is that there is an exit wound. This is the location where the exit electricity leaves the body. A person with an electrical burn in his or her arm may have another wound in the leg. Because electricity runs through the body, it's important to know the effects of the burn had on the muscles, veins, arteries, and nerves between the entry point and the exit point of the electricity. Yeah, I would say so. So because it, it just goes right through, right? And then yeah. it causes damage everywhere that it... Touches. Yeah. Zip, zip. Zap, zap. You're thinking of a zipper. That can cause damage to certain parts of your body, too, if <laughs> used incorrectly. Oh, man. Now I'm imagining getting caught in a zipper and being electrocuted as it goes through the zipper. That's just Electrocuted terrible. by your zipper. While getting while trying to zip up. This uh, would just be terrible. There's a um, three different kinds of burns you can get from electrical burns. Okay. First one is called an electrical burn. Then there's an arc burn, otherwise known as a flash burn, and then a thermal contact burn. The first burn is like everything that we were just talking about. It was, uh, you know, where electricity passed through the body and you can get deep tissue penetration and uh, you got to check all the stuff in between to make sure that there's not been any damage and all the rest of that stuff. Whereas the arc burn or the flash burn is a result of any high temperature near the body produced by an electrical arc or explosion. So you could be plugging something in, there's an explosion, isn't you don't actually touch it, but if it blows yeah. up, you get burned by And that's the flash burn or the the, the, the arc arcing, burn, the right. arcing okay. electricity. And then there's the thermal contact burn, which is what Derek was talking about earlier where if you can't let go, the actual heat causes the burn. So those are the three kinds of burns you can get from an electrical accident. Does that sound right, Derek? I think that's generally correct. Okay. Well, the thing about all these like electrical accidents is when you when the the most dangerous ones are when you close the circuit and you got the wire and you can't let it go and it's just right. constantly zapping you and all mm-hmm. this that stuff. Burning your flesh and it inside your body and your bones. When you're watching bones. a video like on like a surveillance camera or whatever, it doesn't really look like anything. It's just right? a big flash. Yeah, like you just you know you see these guys and they're just kind of like. You know, they they sort of jerk and and twitch, and then you get the the flash or arcing thing, and then you can actually see something happen. You see right. this, right. you know, giant flash bang and whatever, and uh, it's a little more impressive. But then, just generally, it washes the camera out, and then there's just a guy yeah. flat out on the ground, With smoke coming out of his holes. <laughs> smoke coming out of his holes. Well, I've got a couple of instances which I got from CDC.gov, uh-huh. the Center for Disease Control which has excellent information on electrocution. Fatal electrocution in poultry processing plant. A self-employed electrician was hired by a turkey plant to install an ice maker. The electrician began the job a day before anyone at the factory expected him. The maintenance workers at the factory had not been told to turn the power off that morning, and the electrician did not report to anyone at the factory before beginning work. Oh, yeah. So that's a classic, like somebody going out skiing in avalanche territory, not telling anybody where they're going, right? Except replace avalanche with electricity. (laughs) The electrician took off the cover of an electrical junction box where factory equipment can be connected to a 440-volt power supply without testing to see if the power to the box was shut off. And without putting on his insulated gloves and face shield, <laughs> not recommended. <laughs> this guy, this this guy sounds like he should be like a Darwin Award recipient because uh, he pretty much created the circumstances. The electrician touched a live connection that set off an electrical flash so strong that he thought the box had exploded. 
He was burned on the face, neck, chest, arms. His hair was burned off, and his fingerprints were found burned to the panel box. Yeah. He died five days later from the burns. Oh, that's awful. Fingerprints burned to the panel box. Oh, worst five days ever, too. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Kill me. Infant electrocuted in hospital bed. Oh, no. Oh, you know what? I read about this one, too. Male infant aged one year, nine months, was found dead on a bed after being admitted to the hospital with suspected pneumonia. Pneumonia. Thank you, Joe. I just want our listeners to understand that you mispronounce these on purpose because you think it's funny. <laughs> the patient apparently put an uncovered oval-shaped lamp switch into his mouth and died of electrical shock after contacting the exposed wires of the switch. That's 100 volts, 60 hertz, alternating current. There were extensive first to fourth degree burns on the inner surface of both lips. The pendant switch is normally a very convenient piece of bedside equipment for patients. However, when the patient is an infant who naturally puts all objects into his mouth, that's the whole going into the hospital for one thing and getting something way worse. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that's a lesser of two evils, pneumonia or electrocution through your lips. I have a question about ozone. Okay. How is ozone created from like a short? Like the actual chemical reason that ozone's created? Yeah, because I know that we had an electrical short in one of the pieces of equipment at my workplace, and you know you hear the zzzt, and then you smell. You smell the ozone. You smell the ozone, and that's that's poisonous. Yeah, you, you shouldn't be breathing the ozone. No, no, no. Isn't the ozone when you're in a place where you're having a particularly good sexual escapade? Oh. oh, yeah. There's a great deal of evidence that can show that ground-level ozone can harm lung function and irritate the respiratory system. So there you go. Specific to your question, exactly how ozone is made, I am not exactly sure about that because I'm not a chemist. But it's made. But it is made. Yeah, I have smelled ozone when I've been shocked before. So Right. Yeah, ozone is basically O3, where uh, the oxygen we breathe is O2. So it's a less stable uh, version of oxygen. It's a very, mm. it's a very particular smell. And I remember mm-hmm. when I was younger... I, would, I didn't know what, it, what that smell was, and I would point my remote control at the TV, and then every time I used it, I would smell the remote, remote? control, and I would smell that smell. I'd go, what does that smell every time? So there was like a short in your remote control? Maybe it's just, just how it worked. I don't know. Because it, it worked properly. It worked fine. There was nothing wrong with the remote control. It changed channels and all that. But then it had this smell and the little light at the end of the oh, uh, remote control. It's like those like original microwaves are like totally unshielded and stuff like that. You had your ozone remote control. And that's how I came to became, become a host of Caustic Soda. Yeah. Thanks to all that ozone exposure when I was younger. It, it, closing the circle, it makes perfect sense. It deepened and mellowed out your voice thanks to the respiratory damage it oh, caused. Oh, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Bioelectric creatures. Yeah. Like Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> So the electric eel, actually not an eel, uh, but a knife fish from South America. It's not an eel. It's a knife fish. You know, knife yeah. fish sounds almost better than electric eel. Ooh, electric knife fish. That's what it is. Carve want, your turkey with it. I an electric it. knife. Like just. That's what you carve your turkey with, don't you? <laughs> well, I mean, like actually like electrified. Oh, okay. Like I want to stab you and then you get the electric burn. Because electrified Maybe knife. Derek can make, can make that happen for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I can imagine it right now. Like it's got the blade, but it's on a little bit of a spring. And when the spring gets pushed down, that's what activates the electrical thing. Oh, yeah, so I contacts. stab you hard enough and it forms the contact. What kind of a battery would we need oh, yeah. for that? Probably a big one. I don't know. Just whatever you got in a taser, right? Do you want it to be a killing stroke? I think I would want to dial. Although if I'm, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm stabbing somebody, I don't think I'm going to just try and just Infant, hurt them. Tween, <laughs> yeah, adult. There's no point in stabbing for stun. Yeah, right? it's true. Let's 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 say I want it lethal. 
Or at least, or at least, I want I want the organs to be horribly <laughs> mutilated and ble- I want them to be bleeding, but I also want them to get a slight shock. <laughs> Just an insult to injury. Right? Ah, that knife wound hurts a little bit more than it normally would. Ah. Well, your bat. If it was going to be a battery, it would be significantly large because right. you're right. talking about like a car battery. No, no, because a car can't generate two amps. You'd have to have like a battery okay. and then a step-up transformer, and it'd be like it'd be, so like, it'd be like a, a Ghostbusters backpack, literally, or maybe pulling a cart. <laughs> okay, so it's not it's not very okay. stealthy. So it's but it's doable. It's good to know. <laughs> you probably just cave his head in with whatever like, massive <laughs> equipment you have to carry around with you instead of screwing around with the knife. I'd be much better off just hauling around that much ammo for a gun. <laughs> yeah. Or you could just throw an electric eel at him. Yeah. With a knife in its mouth. I like the way you think, sir. The uh, Latin name for the electric eel, Electrophorus electricus. Oh, yeah. That's right. Capable of generating powerful electric shocks, which it uses both for hunting and for self-defense. The electric eel is two meters long, about 45 pounds. Two two meters long? Yep. Wow. Look at that beside it. Six feet long. It's a caiman. I did not know they were that big. So I saw. I thought I saw electric eels on Fear Factor one time, and they were not two meters long. Oh dear, sweet God! Oh, oh wow! Yeah, Who's winning that battle? The Cayman bit it, and uh, he is getting fried. We were watching some crazy video. There's a Cayman biting an electric eel, and it is being zapped. I think they're it's, both going to come up worse yeah, for wear I, for this one. Because the Cayman's jaw is actually clamped around the eel. And as the thing we know about from our Crocodilians episode, that they don't like to open their jaws once they're clamped shut. And especially when you're being shocked. <laughs> yeah. So I think both creatures are going to end up not very happy at the end of this. Oh, the Cayman is no longer twitching. He's now on his side, no longer twitching. I think we have <laughs> joint death here. I think the eel has been gored, and I think the caiman has been shocked. Well, the eel can't get out of his mouth. That's the problem. That's a real problem. I don't problem. think he's shocking the caiman anymore. That's why the caiman's not twitching any longer. I think they're both dead. Brutal. A crazy video. That is going on the website, oh, CausticSodaPodcast.com. Yes. The three electricity-producing organs make up four-fifths of its body. Four-fifths? They generate two types of electric organ discharges, EODs, mm-hmm. low voltage and high voltage. These organs are made of electrocytes lined up so that the current flows through them and produces an electrical charge. When the eel locates its prey, the brain sends a signal through the nervous system to the, to the electric cells. This opens the ion channel, allowing positively charged sodium to flow through, reversing the charges momentarily. By causing a sudden difference in voltage, it generates a current, producing a shock of up to 500 volts and one amp of Ooh, current. Wow. That's 500 that could, watts. That could kill a person. Such shock could be deadly for an adult human. The level of current that is fatal in humans is roughly 0.75. Yeah, probably like a smaller human, right? Someone who lives in South America. Well, <laughs> well, keep, keeping in mind that you are the eel is touching you or you're touching the eel constantly. Yeah. Well, and yeah. they're typically in water. As we yeah. all know, water is an excellent conductor. conductor. That must be a fully grown electric eel because I saw Fear Factor and they had electric eels in there. And no, they're little was, babies? They must have been because they were not well, why two meters would, long. Why would they put something that can do 0.75 amps on Fear Factor? Ooh, I guess it's that's the, a good the point. The whole point is to not actually be dangerous, just be scary. Because they had Maybe to, they weren't even electric eels. They just said they were electric yes. eels. No, what they had to do, what the, they had to pull like 10 electric eels out of this tank and like oh, put yeah. them in like a bucket. Mm-hmm. And then whoever did the fastest one. Oh, and so every time one of them would grab it, they'd be like, <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, there's a couple things about the history of electricity that's kind of interesting. You talked about the current wars. Yeah, what are the current wars? The current wars um, happened in the U.S. And it they're was, not current at all. Yeah, they're completely <laughs> This un- is not current events. <laughs> no, this is current in history. <laughs> this is electrical current. Back in the, uh, the 1800s, when Edison was going about electrifying the world with his amazing wizardry, there was a second gentleman whose name was Tesla. Mm-hmm. I've heard of him. Him and his coil. Tesla was a bit of a savant, and uh, I think in a case, he's probably a genius, but there's lots of people that recognize that, but he was also really kind of wacky. Yeah. Anyway, the point of it is... Wacky geniuses? He was I've a wacky genius. Such a um, thing. So what the current war was, was Edison had the direct current. He had the patents. He had all the patents, and he'd created this process for delivering the electricity to New York City, and he had 500 or so odd subscribers to his electric service. And at the same time, Tesla had invented the alternating current. Now, why there became a battle over direct current versus AC is because direct current required a massive amount of voltage to travel any distance to a particular location to use it as a service, where right. alternating current can travel a lot farther. And for direct current, would you need much better cables as well? Is that true? Some more copper? Well, the more copper you have, the more the more um, resistance you have. So the idea of, of the direct current is pushing the voltage down the line and then finding the appropriate size of cable to handle the load. So what he would do is he would send it to different locations around New York and then it would be distributed. And it hasn't been actually specifically said, but people that are conspiracy theorists think Edison was pushing the DC current for a particular reason that wasn't so scientific, but more financial. Because if you have the large voltage and you can only travel so far say from point A to point B is a kilometer for right. an argument's sake. Okay. But if you wanted to be able to send the same amount of electric electricity AC, you could send it 40 kilometers. These aren't the actual numbers. I'm just giving you an example. Sure. Okay. If you have to put distribution stations and transformers and all the other things that go with that. You need more for direct you, current? You need more for direct current. And who had the patents and all the technology was Edison. There was one guy in the U.S. that saw the value of AC, and that was Mr. Westinghouse, who has mm. become ubiquitous with electrical appliances and infrastructure and you know things like that. And he actually worked with Tesla to get AC as a standard of electrical distribution. Ultimately, because of the financial sense of AC, it eventually won out. There are areas of New York City that are still, to this day, serviced by DC. Wow. Really? Yeah. How do you plug your computer into the wall then? Because Then you've got an electrical rectifier that changes the DC to an AC current. Oh, wow. So An electrical rectifier sounds like something you do with your bum. You can. You Are you moving on a, to cattle prods? You almost got a joke out of that. Like almost. I know. I struggled. I struggled. I didn't exactly find it, but I came close. There's a lot more involved in that war, but that's basically the nuts and bolts of sure. it. It was a battle between the DC distribution and AC distribution. Well, we have to talk about the electrocution of Topsy the Elephant. Topsy, no. I, I, I think you just said it all. What else do we need to say? <laughs> well, we need to say that in 1903, Thomas Edison staged highly publicized electrocutions in order to demonstrate the dangers of Tesla's alternating current. He's like, no, no, this is too dangerous. We have to use direct current because mm-hmm. alternating current is too deadly. And here I'll show you. And then he'll electrocute <laughs> something. His aggressive campaign to discredit the new current, the AC, took the macabre form of a series of animal electrocutions. Where was the SPCA during this? Well, I'll get to them. Stray dogs and cats were most easily obtained, but he also zapped a few cattle and horses. He referred to this process as being Westinghouse, being Uh electrocuted by AC. (laughs) 
<laughs> he got his big chance, though, when the Luna Park Zoo at Coney Island decided that Topsy, a cranky female elephant who had killed three handlers in three years. Ooh, that's more than cranky. I don't think cranky does that elephant justice. Well, you get cranky, too, if someone tried to feed you a lit cigarette. <laughs> Oh, like one of these happened? handlers did. Oh, yeah. nice. So park officials originally considered hanging Topsy, but the SPCA objected on humanitarian grounds. So someone suggested having the pachyderm ride the lightning. <laughs> Hold on. Someone? Wait. Someone. Yeah. Someone named Edison? Edison? They were going to hang an elephant, the logistics of which I'm curious right off the top, but I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. That's our hanging episode. They want to hang it, and the SPCA says, no, no, no. That's too cruel. <laughs> Go ahead and electrocute it. Well, you know, it was, it was a... It was new technology back then. It was then. new technology. But the SPCA, just like everybody else, wanted to see it. Yeah, I guess so. They were happened. in the audience yeah. of the other 1,500 witnesses. So Topsy was restrained. Wooden sandals with copper electrodes were attached to her feet, and copper wire was run to Edison's electric light plant, where his technicians awaited. In order to make sure that Topsy emerged from this spectacle more than just singed and angry, she was fed cyanide-laced carrots moments before a 66... <laughs> 100 volt AC charge slammed through her body. <laughs> Topsy was killed instantly. When Luna Park burned down, the fire was referred to as Topsy's Revenge. Oh, okay. And there is a video, of course, that we will put on on causticsodapodcast.com. So if you really want to see an, uh, an elephant get electrocuted, you can. It's, it's kind of sad. And there she goes. Topsy topples. Smoke coming out of her holes. Yeah. I never cared much for moonlit skies. I never winked back at fireflies But now that the stars are in your eyes I'm beginning to see the light I never went in for afterglow Or candlelight on the mistletoe But now when you turn the lamp down low I'm beginning to see the light Used to ramble through the park, shadow boxing in the dark. Then you came and caused a spark that's a foral on fire now. I never made love by lantern shine, I never saw rainbows in my wine. But now that your lips are burning mine, I'm beginning to see the light. I never cared much for moonlit skies. I never winked back at fireflies. But now that the stars are in your eyes, I'm beginning to see the light. I never went in. So iTunes is this thing that Caustic Soda is on, and reviews on iTunes is a big part of how it ranks podcast popularity, which determines whether or not your favorite podcasts are in the top listings. Now, if, say, Caustic Soda was in the top listings, we would have more listeners, uh, which would make us very happy, and we'd keep making episodes for you all to enjoy. So, by all means, help us get the word out about Caustic Soda, not just in this way, but share it with your friends. Make a zip file of MP3s and email it to that girl or guy you've got a crush on. What better way to impress than three dudes talking about decapitation and parasites, I ask you. Make sure you press that like button on our Facebook page and always comment on causticsodapodcast.com. Pick up a shirt while you're there. We now return with the Super 
friend. So there are a couple things that people are probably going to try and email us after they listen to this episode and say, hey, you didn't deal with tasers, or how come you didn't spend a lot of time talking about the electric chair? And I think we all just came to the conclusion that they'll be dealt with in other episodes. Yeah, right? we're going to do a lightning episode. There, exactly. There'll be a lightning episode, probably be a methods of execution series. Mm. Agreed? Agreed. And in the news... There's a, a guy who made his living. I don't know if people aren't aware. Copper is actually quite a valuable metal, and you can turn it into like copper recycling places for great profit. In the film industry, we have a big problem with people stealing a lot of our cable that we haul around from location to location to like power our mm-hmm. big shiny lights. And so it's a uh, definitely it's like diamonds in cable form. <laughs> yeah, and and especially in the film industry, we we actually create it to be very mobile and easy to haul around and stuff yeah, like that exactly. because we want to take it from place to place. Right. But it also makes it easy for thieves to pick it up and walk away with it and take it from one place to another place where they can sell it for money. Right. So this was one of those guys. So not a uh, particularly upstanding citizen. Are you talking about James Sorby? And uh, I love the headline of this article, which is "This is why you shouldn't steal copper cable." Thief's warning as he suffers horrific burns after being hit by 22,000 volts, dated June 8, 2011. Uh, he was burnt so badly that his daughter was unable to recognize him. He'd been trying to take cabling from an electricity substation in a disused post office sorting room in Leeds, West Yorkshire. That's what these guys do, too. They'll go into, like, abandoned homes and stuff. Because, right. mm-hmm. like, old houses have a lot of, like, copper cabling and stuff in the walls. And they'll literally they just rip it out. Just rip it right out of the walls and destroy these old homes and stuff. He was one of these guys. But before he could even touch the cable, a massive charge jumped a gap to his body. Oh, this is one of those arc, arc burns. burns. Arc yeah, burns. nice. Jumped a gap to his body, and he suffered severe burns to his face and hands, a weakened heart, lost partial sight in his left eye, and lost movement in one of his hands. And there's a photo that'll be on the website, of course, (laughs) causticsodapodcast.com, and he is charred. Yeah, he He got both. He got the arc, which is from the heat being outside his body, but it also went through him and got his heart and and his hand and damaged him there as well. The uh, macro shock. Right. Oh, there's a photo of his hands. Oh, That's some heavy blistering. So... What did he actually do to get electrocuted? Uh, he was just somewhere where there's some wicked awesome power, and it was like a disused substation. So I'm sure there wasn't like all the kind of shielding that it needed to be. And somehow he got into a proximity where he closed the circuit. So it was old and him. faulty. And and he was trying to steal it. I've got one. All right. March 2011. A 25-year-old father from Fort Worth, Texas, received a new face in a 15-hour procedure last week. Dallas Weens is the first American to receive a full facial transplant. Now, how, what does this have to do with electricity, I ask you? Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound very electrical off the top. It sounds like somebody got eaten, their face eaten by a dog or something. Weens was using a cherry picker lift in November 2008 to paint a church when he hit a power line. Okay. Oh, where's your God now? <laughs> the live electrical wire essentially burned off his face, leaving him blind and without a nose or lips. Oh. For 90 days, doctors kept him in a medically induced coma while they performed surgeries and he breathed through a ventilator. Although doctors were able to graft skin from his back and thighs onto his head, they could not reconstruct his face. I'm the best church painter in the county, and if it's not true, may God strike me. <laughs> Is there a photo? There's a photo here, right? Before and after. Oh! Okay, so hold Basically on. Basically looks like his the head one, is made of putty. The one on the left, the putty face. Yeah. That is after the, the the surgery that you're talking about where they couldn't reconstruct his face. This is just to save his life. Yes, I yeah. believe that's right. correct because so he has skin in this picture. And the one on the right is actually after his face yeah. transplant. The news 
The news the, in the news part yeah. is that he now has a face. The one on the left, he looks like some kind of alien has an idea of what humans look like and is trying to reconstruct somebody. Weens received a nose, lips, facial skin, muscles, and nerves from a donor who was not named. The procedure involved more than 30 doctors, nurses, and anesthesiologists. He's blind, so what does he care if he has a face or not? Because <laughs> he's got a daughter. Oh, I guess that's true. And, you know, people look at him. He's got ears. He can hear the the cries <laughs> the of gasps. babes as he walks by saying, dear God, what is that thing? I guess that's true. So they, so somebody died like in um, in John Travolta and Nicholas Cage-esque fashion. Oh, you're talking about face-off. Yeah. They sliced the face off of the dead guy and put it onto the live guy who had no face. So now he's probably some kind of in-between of what he was before and this other donor. Yeah, yeah I'd like to like actually have a conversation with this uh, with this guy to see you know what what his face does when he talks and stuff like that. Like, does it move or does he can he emote? Like, I don't. This is oh, this video, of this guy. On Al Jazeera? He kind of looks like a Muppet, I'm afraid to say. He you does look a little bit like a Muppet. No, you know what he looks exactly like? He looks exactly like Vincent D'Onofrio's character from Men in Black when he gets eaten oh, by that alien. Yeah. And he's kind of like loose-skinned. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what he looks like. The cockroach guy Certainly inside the be- human body. So looks better than his before, though. A They've got a before massive there. improvement mm-hmm. on, uh, on the faceless man. Uh, Darwin Awards. I'm guessing most of our listeners know what the Darwin Awards are. Now, disclaimer from uh-huh. me. Because I wanted to find out, are these really true? They actually say whether they're confirmed or unconfirmed. But they by... don't say how or from where. Uh, in what way? How are they confirmed? Like, it's just a website saying it's confirmed. But they right. don't give the, the source. And, it says, the and it says in the website that if they're confirmed, they say what the source is. But that's actually not true. Hmm. So um, I'm not saying these are... Complete I, lies. I'm just saying. I, read, I wasn't able to. I read like 20 of them. Okay, Torn sure. is saying citation and, needed. Basically. But although I read like 20 of them. Sure. And there were several that would actually say unconfirmed or right. largely considered a rumor. And they, they acknowledge ones that are anecdotal. Even though they, they say they're confirmed, some are suspected to be true. This is what they say on the, on the Darwin website. Some are suspected to be true because they sound plausible, but the source is unverified. And that's even for the ones that they mark confirmed. Oh. So in 2005. The actual winner of the Darwin Award that, for that year, year. Sure. for the best story by which somebody uh, eliminated themselves from the common gene pool. And ironically, his name is Win. <laughs> He's a Vietnamese gentleman, 21 years old. He'd been out drinking with friends in Hanoi when he pulled out an old detonator he had found. Of course, mm-hmm. in Vietnam, lots of detonators lying around. Okay. It was about six centimeters long and eight centimeters in diameter with two wires hanging out. Because it was old and rusty, Win said it couldn't possibly explode, and his no. friends disagreed. To prove his point, Wynn put the detonator in his mouth and asked his friend to plug the dangling wires into a 220-volt electrical receptacle, and it turns out he was terribly wrong. The victim had little time to reflect on, on his mistake or whether 220 volts alone could have been fatal. According to police, the explosion blew out his cheeks and smashed all his teeth, oh. and he died on the way to the hospital. It's just doubly wrong. Like, okay, maybe it won't explode, but you're holding metal in your mouth and plugging it into the wall. Yeah, you're kind of getting yourself two ways. In you your got... mouth. You're not even holding it in your hand. You're <laughs> putting it close to your brain and eyes. How many amps would that have to be for 220 volts? Depending on the wattage. Because that will calculate what the amperage is. Yeah. But I would imagine if you just took the wires and stuck them to your tongue, you get I, I, think, good. I think you'd end up getting a, you get blown away from the source. Yeah. Unless you really clamp down with your teeth, yeah. that really begs the question. It, so but, it was particularly unwise either yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, the resistance as well. Because you can calculate it in two different directions. 
Um, but we've already determined today you guys don't like math, so I'm not going to go there for you. <laughs> okay. It's wise. I like math. It's very wise. They don't like math. I like it. I would just, so, yeah. just keep it at arm's length. All right. Well, let's go to pop culture then. All right. Shocker. Who's seen it? That's the one from the 80s where the guy gets uh, executed in the electric chair and then comes back as a disembodied electrical force. Oh, man. He's a serial killer. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I saw yeah, it. That's got Agent Skinner in it from X-Files. Yeah, you know, I remember liking it at the time. It probably wouldn't hold up. I probably wouldn't like it now. I've never seen The Shocker, so. Terrible, terrible premise. He becomes this disembodied electrical force. Basically, he's so evil that he transcends execution. He also has one of the best bad guy names I've ever heard, Horace Pinker. Horace oh, Pinker. that is a good oh, one. That's right. That is a good I one. I just I remember the movie poster for it. There it is. Yeah. Wes Craven's Shocker. So he no, was a serial no killer. No more Mr. Nice Guy. That's right. And it had that terrible song. <laughs> no more Mr. Nice Guy. Alice Cooper. And Derek, you mentioned The Running Man. Well, this is actually goes back to my early fascination with electricity. And it's specific to one character from that, that movie, Dynamo. Oh, yeah. He was like the... Th- third of the uh, bad guys in the maze do you remember the catchphrase that was used when he was killed or something i actually don't remember i was trying to (laughs) find it this morning because i was like but it was a long time ago since i've last seen that movie but i remember it leaving an indelible mark i think that was the same night that i stuck the fork in the socket I mean, Running Man's a well, fantastic movie. It was, none of those guys were like superhero or super had superpowers. They just had devices. That's no, right. yeah, he was just all strapped up. Yeah, they're all juice pigs, right? Juice pigs. Well, juice pigs. That's racist. Yeah, if I can remember what the catchphrase I just, was. I just, I just remember that wasn't that the movie where there was like five bucks for a coke or something like that, and now it's coming true. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> it was set in the future. Uh, the Prestige. Yeah, Love excellent it. movie. Really good With movie. With David Bowie as Nikola Tesla. That whole movie, the end part where they're talking about... Spoiler alert. Talking about the, you know, the cloning. But this is where Tesla kind of went from like, you know, genius scientist to sort of wacky dude living in Colorado because he had this whole theory and it's called the Tesla effect. Mm-hmm. And coming to the end of his life, he was doing weird things like putting patents into the U.S. Patent Office for creating a ray gun that had a linearly focused electric charge. Yeah, and, didn't he call it his death ray? Like, yeah, didn't he, he called tried Tesla's to death ray. And he tried to sell it to the U.S. military, and they were just like, cuckoo like Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> and the guy died destitute, but there was a lot going on in that dude's head. Yeah, he was like claiming that he was he figured out how to actually transmit power wirelessly. Yeah, he actually did experiments when he was in Colorado. That's why he went out there. And he had this process where he would he literally, he would just fire off electricity from one point to another. And he could actually get light bulbs to light up and things like that. I remember hearing something. I don't yeah. know the details, but I remember hearing something about him blacking out an entire town during one of his experiments. Yeah, nearby. So I can't remember the name of the town. But he, yeah, he went out to this little tiny town. It was cheaper to live there naturally than it was in New York City. Mm-hmm. He just got odd at the end. But he did some amazing things sure, to change no the world. That. I wonder how many times that guy got shocked. Ooh. Good question. And as a side note, Lovecraft used Tesla as an inspiration for his short story, Near Lithotep, oh. which uh, was basically a, just a guy going around the world having little demos of basically magical science. I got a movie I want to talk about. Okay. The Ernest movies. <laughs> Ernest goes to the electric chair? Ernest goes to jail <laughs> is one of the movies. Oh, no. And he gets put in the electric chair. Oh, nice. And in Shocker-esque style, it doesn't kill him. It gives him superpowers. There you go. 
And so he breaks up at the beginning of the movie or no, no, it's right near the end. <laughs> oh, no. And he, uh, I would see because well, the Ernest has a super villain. You know what? Movie. No, because no, the plot of the movie is the actual criminal that looks exactly like Ernest uh, gets him switched with Ernest. So Ernest isn't supposed to be in jail, but he is. And then this evil guy is outside of jail, macking on his woman and, uh, uh plotting to steal from Ernest's job at the bank. The entire story is wrapped up with a Deus Ex electric chair. Yes. Like, I've never seen any Ernest movies. Uh, the I, question I, I have to ask much, is, yes. where is Vern in all of these movies? There's no Vern. There's no mention of, he never looks at the camera and says, Vern, no, I'm about to get electrocuted. I bet you the uh, Ernest Goes to Camp and Ernest Goes to Jail are the two Ernest movies worth watching. Okay. <laughs> I'll and write I that use down. That, I use According that, to Kevin. I, I'll use that term loosely. I want our listeners, if they listen to you and watch those movies, I want to hear their reviews on the notes for this podcast. I think everyone should skip straight to Ernest Goes to Jail because okay. in my personal opinion, it is the best of all the Ernest movies. Awesome. Oh, I look forward to our next <laughs> follow-ups episode. <laughs> yeah, we've learned something about Kevin today. Frankenstein. Of course, they use electricity to reanimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that the was monster. one of the things. Like when electricity was first in you know the late 1800s, it was kind of like the miracle power. That it's can, always the way it is, and it, it was like, does electricity cause life? And it, of course, in a way, it does because there's electricity it's, in our brains and everything. Right. Frankenstein actually, the novel predates a lot of the electrical stuff. Like it's near the beginning of the 19th century when that book right. was written. Mm. So it was really trying to find some kind of a scientific explanation. That's why when you actually read the book it talks about how they harness the power of lightning and all the rest of that stuff but there's not like a lot of technical electricity talk because it was all sort of still you know magic at that point yeah it's nascency like they didn't really have anything they could reference and so like in the movie it turns into this great technological like total science-based stuff because we had a strong basis and people who are watching the movie would have known a little bit more about electricity than mary shelley and lord byron all knew when they were crafting that thing getting high over a weekend on ozone <laughs> but that is that is the way that it always works is whatever is the cutting edge of science at the time is always explained as oh this is how this magic that we don't understand works so back then it was electricity in the mid 20th century it was atomic yeah so you would totally. have like uh you know atomic monsters and stuff like that and now we get quantum i just wanted to let our listeners know if you hear somebody explain something by using quantum that means that they're bullshitting you in the <laughs> same way that they're bullshitting with atomic in the 20th century and at the early 20th century we were bullshitting with electricity well it's just like every superhero became you know they got washed over by radioactive material or they got right. radioactive bugs biting them or that radioactive this and radioactive yeah. that like the atomic age just like you know informed everything did somebody say superhero hells yeah yeah there's electro there oh, is electro yeah, yeah. he's not a superhero but yeah best, in the superhero world best headdress on a uniform ever it's like, pretty that guy awesome. just went for it like he just he didn't care he's just <laughs> like I, I don't care I don't care. Here's, here's when the Darks of the Hillside Thickets had their bad guys from Spider-Man comics yeah. costume night, yeah. Electro was definitely the most exciting and vivacious costume that our bassist it's, wore. It's here. I was Dr. Octopus, and it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't not quite nearly. as good. <laughs> because you just see them in the comics, and the little electric bolts are always sticking out like straight up. Are they rigid? Like, Do you think they're made out of like metal, or are they kind of floppy? Well, when Bob did it, they were foam, they, so they had so a some flop, rigidity. But a little rigid, yeah. Right, like right. Half and half. But Electro himself, what do you think? Could he actually like if he got up close and personal could he stab you with it or? it was like some kind of metal that he would like Electrify. when it wasn't on him it was all floppy but when he 
turned on and you had the juice it was like zzz. oh i do like that like uh like when you touch that globe with all the yeah, like exactly. uh your hair the, stands up it's just is like that, that a tesla coil it's a vandegraft generator it's a vandegraft generator oh. but then how sad would it be to see electro with his like floppy flaccid bolt lightning some yellow bolt drains his powers <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wilting flower <laughs> oh poor electro and then of course there's black vulcan black <sighs> vulcan which one is from that one? he's basically the hero electro from dc he's an african-american you can tell because he's got the word black in the front of us. And in the Super Friends, his catchphrase was, Black Vulcan! So which one is Black Lightning? Basically the same guy. Is one Marvel and one DC? Yeah, I think, I think he right. was Black Lightning in the comics and Black Vulcan in the cartoon. He was Black Vulcan in Super Friends. There you go. Okay, at least three such series as Batman the Brave and the Bold have contained specially created black superheroes with electrical powers who weren't Black Lightning. Series regular Black Vulcan in Super Friends, Hanna-Barbera did not want to pay the larger licensing fee required to, c- to cover the royalty due to the creators. There you go. It was just a money thing. <laughs> so yeah. And awesome. Soul Power, who appeared in Static Shock and was originally intended but, to have been Black hold Lightning. Hold on. Soul Power is spelled S-O-U-L. Yeah. Oh, God. because he's black. Uh, because DC would not permit the use of Black Lightning and Juice in Justice League Unlimited based on Black Vulcan. Well, in that Justice League Unlimited series, uh, the whole episode was a spoof of this like, okay. kind of sidekick super friends, and yeah. none of them had the real name. So Juice... And they didn't have exactly the same powers. It was right. just like an so homage. So Juice was a, was a spoof. Yeah, basically. Right, okay. But there were two characters before that that were seriously... They were basically Based black lighting with black the, the serial numbers <laughs> filed on. <laughs> of course, we have to mem- mention uh, Shockatiel from the World Wildlife Federation of Justice. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. The cockatiel with the, basically Electro's powers. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. uh, she's a member of the Flock of Evil, of course. <laughs> the Flock of Evil. I like that. I said the name once, but probably the most popular and well-known electric superhero is Pikachu. Oh. Seriously. What's I, Pikachu's Pikachu. powers exactly? Wait, that's Pokemon, like, right? Yeah, that's Electric. Pokemon, yeah. right? Uh, I, yeah. I don't know anything about Pokemon. An, you're too old. He's an electric mouse. And he just electrifies. That's why that's his tail just... looks like a lightning bolt. Oh. oh. See, now you learned something. Pokemon's not a really big thing right now, but it's still not gone. But what it's now what's happening is the people who were raised on Pokemon, all the people who like played the Pokemon trading card game, are right. now in their early 20s. Right. So yes. it's all nostalgic. So you'll see all these people like, oh, I totally loved Pokemon when I was a little kid. And it's coming back as this nostalgic tongue-in-cheek love of it so you're seeing all these pokemon referential comic uh strips that are written by web comic artists now because they loved it when they were kids and we don't get them because we're old farts yeah exactly i did i did actually see uh, i was at the calgary comic-con and expo last weekend in calgary alberta mm-hmm. there was like a grown woman with a giant pikachu backpack right that had like a giant lightning bolt tail coming it i would totally unwieldy. wear that it seemed unwieldy who watched heroes the second season part way through it was an abomination i watched the whole thing okay end to end. so Terrible. you know that there was a character named l portrayed by Kristen bell who was uh veronica mars yeah. yeah and there was some very convoluted she was related to all the pretty stars of the that. show it was did she do anything cool she electrocuted people her eyes glowed didn't they? Yeah. It, the entire second season is a complete write-off it is the first season arguably some of the best television certainly superhero television ever crafted okay the second I, season i don't know if i go that far but very good what's a better superhero tv series the misfits well, okay. of science yeah <laughs> uh okay I'll, sure okay so if, you, if you're adding a superhero you didn't initially but yeah. i did initially but i corrected myself okay after the first season which was so good the second season was an utter abomination like it's all like all the creators and writers removed their brains 
before they started crafting season two. Yeah, I gave up. I, it, I love superheroes and wanted a good superhero show. And, and, you, I, and you had I really liked one. the first season. You had season one under your belt. And the which second was season awesome. was just, wow, these guys really just, they nailed it in. The first season seemed to be about let's get all these disparate people who don't know each other and all happen to have powers. Let's get them to all finally get together and fight a big bad guy. Yeah. Like it was supposed to be the forming of a super team. That's right. And then they could explore. Like they're kind of exploring what is it when real people are in a real world get superpowers yeah. and, and then now they're together. And I wanted second season to be, well, now we're together. Do we that's form right. a super group and save the world or what that's do we right. do? Exactly. And whoever was in charge went, no, 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 that's terrible. Let's just do the Let's, first season again and split yeah, everybody right. up, split and, everybody have up them, and have them have to come back together. Brutal. Yeah. You're 100% correct. Yep. That's the first time you're ever going to hear me say that about Joe. Thanks to Derek for coming out. Thanks for having me. Beginning to see the light bar. Beginning to see the light. Now that your lips there, you're burning on mine. I'm beginning, beginning to, to see, see the light. light.